welcome to All Right in Sin City, a podcast about writers and writing in the Windsor, Detroit region. Your podcasters today are Irene Moore Davis, author, educator, and local historian, Kim Conklin, Windsor based writer and filmmaker, and me, Sarah Jarvis, former bookseller, publishing rep, and literary festival chair. takes place at the Ottawa Street House of Biblioasis Press. Songwriters often say that they are jealous that they haven't written a certain song and frequently they cover it. Is there a book you wish you could tape your name over the authors? What book do you wish you'd written? I just rebought No Great Mischief. Uh, my original first edition just got was lost in the flood and I knew I had to have a copy handy and um, I wish I could Put the emotional impact in words and beautiful words and phrases the way he could. Um, another book that keeps coming up, and but it's not my story to tell, but to find a depth of story. And I keep thinking again about Zora Neale Hurston. Their eyes were watching God. It's one of the first books that brought me to tears. And I thought, what does it take to do that? How about you, Kim? Well, actually, since you mentioned Zora. There is actually a companion book of the research that she did that led to that book, and it's kind of amazing to read them both because, oh. yeah, then you kind of see how she put the emotion into it from the storytelling or whatever, but those are really good choices. Uh, for me, it would be anything by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, um, and maybe Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton, Fifth Business, Robertson Davies, love that book, Beloved. Toni Morrison. I got a long list. <laughs> so, and then also, there's also a short story that just I can't get over. I love it. Uh, in the Zoo, Gene Stafford. It's one that not a lot of people have read. It's sort of like mid 20th century American fiction from the New Yorker, I believe. But yeah, it's it's just it's a longer short story, but it's just exquisite. Sort of like Alistair's Precision. You know. mm -hmm. um, and, and Dan, someone led me to Karis Davis, her short stories, mm -hmm. and please, if it's on the top of your tongue, that remind me of the title. Uh, the Redemption of Galen Pike. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, I was so jealous. Those were the, the type of stories I used to try to write, and it was, they're just fantastic. Do you have any books that, you, that come to the top of your head? Huh. Um, I, maybe I would say Penelope Fitzgerald's The Bookshop. Uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. I, I think it's one of the best novels about being a bookseller out there. Uh, but she's also just a, an incredible stylist. And, you know, I, I I'm a big fan of these short novels that pack a tremendous punch, and, and, and that one certainly does. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm well glad to welcome Daniel Wells there. Daniel Wells was born in Chatham, Ontario, and attended the University of Windsor and as a history and philosophy major. Having worked briefly as a welder, Dan was lured by book sirens to open a second-hand bookshop, Biblioasis, on Willette Avenue in Windsor in 1998. Mm -hmm. Dan and his wife Alexis helped to found BookFest Windsor in 2002, where he was inspired to think about publishing a book by another author at the book festival. The Biblioasis Bookshop was moved to Wyandotte Street in the trendy Walkerville district of Windsor, and now the Biblioasis Press has grown and it has its own location on Ottawa Street. 
Biblioasis Publishing has just celebrated its 15th year with books shortlisted and finalists for many prizes, including the Scotiabank Gala Prize and now even longlisted for the Man Booker Prize. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Did we give enough background about your start? Are there any details you'd like us to fill in? No, I think you've, you've got the bases covered, yeah. Well, do you think you would have stayed a bookseller if you hadn't stumbled into publishing? I still think of myself very much as a bookseller, so I think that, yes, I mean, this is something I, I still very much want to do. And I think there are worse things for a, for a publisher to be than a bookseller. I think that was really the best training I could have had for, for what we've done at the press. How so? What is it about bookselling that helped you learn how to publish? Well, I, I think it might be more tied to used bookselling in some ways. But, I mean, there is a curatorial aspect, I think, uh, to developing uh, a shop, which I think is very similar to what you do over, over time with the press, how you develop a list. Um, and I think used bookstores tend a little more to reflect the personalities of their owners than, than, than new bookstores do. You may disagree with that as a, as a former new bookseller. Oh, I think they do. But So, you know, I mean, I think that uh, that practice of, of selection um, and reading, uh, just and, and then working on publicity with the festival, I think, was really part of the main foundation uh, uh, that, that made it possible for me to do this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about learning how books tick. I, I know I certainly so. as a new bookseller, I would bring in books that I thought should sell, but you know, then my reps would tell me the books that would sell. That's so right. it's a whole, it, you're right, it is a whole different personality. So what is it about the Windsor-Essex region that fuels your endeavors? Well, initially, I mean, I have told this anecdote repeatedly. I was always told, as we all have been, that if you wanted to make it in books, you had to go elsewhere, right? I mean, uh, so when I first thought of putting out my shingle as a publisher, you know, I went and I talked to someone who who told me that, you know, I really couldn't be a publisher, both because I had no money, I had no uh, training, and especially because I was from a place like Windsor, Ontario, which she said no important publishing venture in the history of publishing has ever come from a place like this, uh, which I was quite taken aback when she told me that. Um, I think she was probably right. From a historical point of view, she was absolutely right. It's just that I think something had changed. Uh, and we've, we've talked a great deal about how the digital world has sh- reshaped books, but nobody talks about how it makes it possible, possible for people in regions like non-traditional publishing centers to have an international reach. So I think... Uh, that's backstory because I think, though I wasn't aware about it, aware of it at the time, being in Windsor gave me an opportunity to fail, perhaps in a way that would not have been possible um, had I been in a larger location. Um, this is tied to cheap rent. It's tied to the fact that we can own our own buildings here when presses that have been around five decades can't do it elsewhere. And it's tied to the fact that because of that, we can take chances on books that should we have been in Toronto, we, we wouldn't have had the cash to do so. So, And I think that distance from a publishing centre also gives us certain freedom. The Canadian publishing industry is mostly collegial. Mm-hmm. Who in Canlet have been your main mentors? I've had many over the years. I mean, 
I've been very lucky from the beginning in the sense that, uh, and this was related to Bookfest Windsor, uh, I, I was introduced to John Metcalf, who has certainly been my lead mentor, uh, as he has also been one of our, our, our primary fiction editors for the last 15 years. But beyond that, I mean, there was Jack David at ECW, who has become really one of my go-to people. Um, uh, you know, whenever I have a problem or concern, uh, I write to him. And whenever, and whenever he hasn't heard from me in a while, he writes to me because he gets worried. Uh, so he's been he's been sort of a key. I mean, and there were other local people. I mean, Leslie Housem, uh, you know, is a professor of book publishing history who who still is somebody that I think about a great deal and who's been a resource. Dennis Preeb, who who made himself a spot in my bookshop as a bookseller, but had. 30 years of publishing experience that I could rely on when I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I, all these people have contributed to, I think, what Biblioasis has become. Though there's a, there's a much wider range of people that I've relied on as well. If we circle back to the curatorial aspect just a little bit, if you had to give Biblioasis a personality, what would you, how would you describe it? Whew, that's really tough. Um, Andre Narbonne is a university prof and writer, uh, and he once taught a class on Biblioasis at the University of Windsor. And his goal was to figure out what a Biblioasis book was. And I think he was he, he came away rather frustrated um, because he said Biblioasis really doesn't have one, um, which I'm not sure he would agree, but I think at the time he saw it as a failure. You know, and I think it's actually one of our strengths is that we are so wide ranging. So if I had to, I mean, I, I've called us, I think our list is very Catholic in the sense of being widely, you know, it's, it, it's very diverse in terms of forms and voice and language and subject and everything else. Um, so, you know, maybe that's what I would say. So Biblioasis is kind of curious. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the best publishing lesson or tip from anyone that you've acquired so far? Um, I'm not sure I learned it specifically from one person, um, but in my early days, I and I have said this many times before, I apologize, but in my early days I really thought that all you had to do as a publisher was pick good books, right? And the rest would happen. It was sort of like the field of dreams model of publishing. Uh, I've clued in that public is the root word of publishing for a reason. So so the majority of the work we do here, you know, the staff of nine that we have here, all of us are tied to promoting books in one capacity or other. And, and I think that that has become, whether it be the lessons we've learned ourselves or what we've learned from watching people we respect, I think that has been the primary lesson, that our role really is uh, uh, to make books public. Is to promote them to, to send yes. them out there? To promote them, to send them out there, to talk about them, to build them up, to set a foundation for them so that they can succeed, to understand what the market is, who the likely readers are, to think about it that way, and also to give readers credit, you know? I mean, there's a lot of... As a publisher, Quill & Choir has said of us that we're the leading publisher of the unpublishable, <laughs> right? Which I think is one of, one of the best things that's ever been said of us. And what they mean by that is we publish a lot of things that aren't supposed to be saleable. Whether it be short fiction or whether it be translations or whether it be experimental novels or criticism or whatever. And we have found ways to sell them. Um, 
and I've lost my train of thought a little bit, well, but hopefully well, how that, is that helps. I know that you're, you're going somewhere interesting. So how does that um, translate into your relationship with your authors? The idea of, of your focus of, of book promotion and making books public. Well, I mean, it's something we take very seriously. Um, in terms of my relation, our relationship to our authors, I mean, we have to also be very aware of the strengths of our writers. You know, so some writers are really good readers, and you know, you have to pay attention to that. As you know, whereas other writers have other strengths that you have to take advantage of. So we never try to really push our writers beyond our com- their comfort zone. Um, uh, does this answer your question? I think so. Yeah, it's it's. Um, it, I've heard a lot of feedback, and, and when we, we play clips of, of the authors who came to your celebration, what I heard from the authors was appreciation of how you communicate with them, uh, with authors. So, um, obviously, there's a relationship that gets built up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that is, I mean, that's beyond just the promotion and the publishing uh, of the books. I mean, for us, it's all very personal. Right, and I think that that is something as a in smaller independent press we can offer. Um, you know, is is very personal sort of editorial direction. Um, you know, very personal sort of uh, development of a promotional plan and awareness of what their grander ambitions are. Um, so this is all something that we do try to take into consideration. Uh, yes. Great. Good. What's the nicest thing that an author has ever said to you? I think, you know, honestly, uh, the the experience of our 15th anniversary probably covered it. Uh, it. It was totally unexpected. I had no idea those extra people would be there. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's, I, I'm not sure I can give you a proper answer to that. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate, I, I know many of our authors very much especially those who have been with other presses or have been with larger presses and have come back, are appreciative of the care that we show. Um, so in various ways, they've made that clear. And by trusting us. I don't think they have to say much. I think over time, they, they've come to trust us, and I think that that in itself is all that matters. The authors that were at the, um, the 15th anniversary celebration all did seem to feel very supported by you. I think that was one good way to characterize it. They felt like you supported them. We, so Yeah, I mean, this is something we really try to do, um, which doesn't mean we're always entirely successful, and we've made many, many, many mistakes. But, I mean, we always do our best to support our writers in any way that we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, our job as publishers is very much to keep all sorts of doors open. Right. Uh, so whether it be for fellowships or whether it be, it, I mean, it's not just all sales. It's other stuff that we do to to try to support their careers as well. Um, Windsor Essex has a very very large community of writers and authors. Mm-hmm. What's one piece of uh, of advice about getting published that you wish you could just share with everyone? Published in magazines, published in books. Well, I guess start with books because that's the closest to you. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the most important thing is to be aware of who their who their publishing partner is. So in the amount of manuscripts that we get sent by writers who have obviously never read anything we've done and are not aware of sort of, you know, as wide as they are, what our sort of aesthetic uh, or editorial 
preoccupations are. Uh, it's well, well over 50, 60, 70 percent of what we receive. It's just not appropriate. And if they would do just a bit of research, um, they'd save themselves from disappointment. Uh, so I think that's just it is you know I mean publishing is about building a community which is something I, I, I said on on Wednesday last week and and if you're gonna be part of a community you have to know what that community looks like and taking a bit more time getting over the anxiety of submitting taking a bit more time to learn who you're submitting to I think is one of the most important things you can do okay. Um, what's your next project uh, or your next goal for the press? Hmm. You know, beyond individual books? Um, do you have a particular book that you're working on now that's exciting you? And then we can talk about the second part of that. Or... Sure. Well, um, one of the directions we've been moving in over the last couple of years that I think has really started to take off this year is uh, we've historically been sort of fiction and poetry and very literary. And that's still really important to us, but we have kind of developed this other list of nonfiction titles. So a lot of my own editorial energies have been going in that direction. Uh, and most recently, the book I'm working on is a book by the poet Robin Sarah, who was, in addition to being a poet, a concert musician, uh, and then abandoned it for poetry, and at 59, returned to music. Found her old teacher, who was, it was 85, and w was still practicing. Uh, and he's a world-famous musician himself. And, and she documented the process over seven to ten years. So that is what I'm working on right now, and it's an amazing sort of book about a late return to music. Um, okay, so what is your next goal for the press, more generally? A bit more balance, I think, is where I've been heading. Um, so, you know, uh, having our fiction, having, building our list in a way that it's a bit more sustainable, a balance of sort of fiction and nonfiction. I mean, uh, which means really kind of cutting, not so much cutting back on fiction, but being a little more careful and, and balancing it off with a wider range of sort of history and essay and memoir. Um, in part also so that in a given month we don't have books that are competing against each other. They're, they're tailored to different ends. Um, is that your to-do list on your your notebook on uh, your desk? Uh, this is just my, I'm leaving on Wednesday for, for Europe, so this is my, uh, uh, just the things I've got to get done. But yeah, I mean, this is my regular sort of list yeah. of things to do. Are you, do you get, do you ever get through your to-do list in a given day? Not in a given day, no. I'm talking no. about balance? Yeah. Uh, you do your, I mean, there's, a, there's just too much to do. There's always, I mean, you've, you've experienced this as well. Um, you know, you're always having to reassess what your priorities are. Um, uh, though, you know, I mean, I've got a very good staff, and of late I've been doing a far better job getting to most things than I have before. What about publishing brings you the most joy? Huh. It depends. Um, I think that's a really good question. In terms of joy, I think being part... I, I've been able to work with some really amazing people. I've been able to be part of projects. I've been able to sort of plant the seeds even for certain projects that would not have seen the light otherwise. Um, and to work with writers who, you know, I've long, long admired. And I think being part of that process, I mean, as with all of you, I assume my primary role would be as a writer. You know, that's what I grew up wanting to be. 
And I, I think that this allows me to make more of a difference than maybe I otherwise would have. I talk to my kids all the time about our responsibility to make the world a better place and within my given skill set I think that this is this is what I can this is what I can do. Um, and I that that brings me joy. That's a really good answer. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Well thank you, Biblioasis publisher Dan Wells, for being with us today. Well thank you very much for the interest. That was Daniel Wells reflecting on 15 years of publishing success with Biblioasis. Join us again for our next podcast, when we'll feature author readings and highlights from the recent Biblioasis 15th anniversary celebration. Thanks for joining us. Look for more episodes of All Right in Sin City wherever you listen to podcasts, or check out our website, allrightinsincity.com. For information and announcements of new podcasts, Sign up to our email list or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.